You're in tune to the Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Uh, turn the music up inside my session. These folks gotta hear my message. Bringing balanced black radio to the masses. Socialistic and eccentric Bodies healthy, mind is wealthy Plus they flow that will propel me To be a native, get creative Original and designative Listen to the line that's playing Listen hard to what Q's saying Politicians are magicians Make your vote, they hope they're wishing Ambiguous words, senseless verbs They all amount to crap that's heard Violent hip-hop, money flip-flops Promoters won't book, but it still rocks I'm a Zulu, yes a true blue Red alert is with the poo-poo Ozone layer, loses flavor Here's the edge that you will savor Banana, I ain't a primate, ain't no soul glow, just an afro. The head is bred to let the thoughts grow. Quest together to lands of never. Sleep in snow and storms can't sever. Tribe is growing, never knowing. For this time, six next me showing. Dialogues have been accepted, negatives have been rejected. Blasting music, Negro music is here for all, so you must choose it. Horny's fondle, watch it throttle. Three, six, five, straight out the bottle. Busting caps, finger snaps. I prefer the second for ghetto traps. Wife Jerobi, Ali told me, get the force like Juan Kenobi. Force is teaching, beats are screeching. Poly plateaus, we aim for reaching. Tribalization, freaks the nation. A mass of peers in celebration. Hope's been real high since the knee high. Days of youth, feeling good and real spry. Avid combos, hear those bongos? Boom, kakaboom, that's how they go. We ain't nomads, but we real glad. Hip hop slams through the 90s, no fat. As a rhythm, have been given. Hurry up, become we breaking out. Out. The rhythmic instinction to be able to travel beyond existing forces of life. Basically, that's tribal. And if you want to get the rhythm, then you have to join a tribe. Word. Peace.
Alright everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another session of syndicated worldwide Fuse Box Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and the Saw Raw Blackhawk, bringing the best and awesome balance to Back to Black Radio. As we always say, it's a mix of music, talk, and all other types of good stuff. We have been on an extreme tear with um, interviews with people during the past few weeks. Um, just highlighting the different parts of America I think people don't get exposure to. Especially in regards to, I think this was not mainstream media coverage of anything, really. Like, most of our major media coverage is in the gutter right now. It's corporate broad. It's wild, boring. And um, sometimes it's mad depressing, which for people listening to the show, they know me. I like to talk about mad serious stuff. I'll be like, it's time for comic books and cartoons, because screw this. I can't go insane. And for any of our international audience and our national audience, Y'all know our U.S. presidential election cycle is just part of my language. It's, it's, it's just fucked, you know. It's, it's bad. It's very, very bad. It's crazy. I personally started voting um, when I was in college, and then my first presidential election was in 2001, which was the Bush-Gore era. So it's been a steady decline down ever since. And I'm uh, sure right now people are looking at both of the presidential major, quote-unquote major, presidential parties, and are just there like, huh, I don't like anybody. I'm wild and excited, and it's either, hmm, this is horrible and terrible, I'm not going to try to go straight to hell, or as our friends over at the Black Guy Who Tips podcast say, it's like men to vote with um, the Democratic Party. And as a person who is of history and all other types of stuff, and um, just politically um, active in general, I'm like, well, where's the third party voice? You don't ever really hear a third party voice of any kind, much less the folks you just are like, okay, you're not too fringe and crazy. You actually make sense. And for those who've been listening to our show for a while, you know that we tried to get into interviewing folks from different political parties just to educate people. We're not saying that this is where you immediately have to go and all of that, but I'm the person who's like, an educated vote is the best vote. Know your options. Know everything that's going on. And remember, it's not just about a presidential election cycle. It's about what's happening in your own local communities um, in terms of, you know, county, city, state, so forth and so on. And with this, man, we just, again, we just got super active right now. We got some really, really awesome folks here from the Socialist Party USA on board to talk to and all of that. I'm doing my wonderful recording via Skype, and I'm seeing these happy, excited folks. I'm like, yeah, I can be happy, excited, too. And um, I'm one of those people who, like, let me have y'all introduce yourselves briefly so you can give people a bit of an idea of who you are, then we can get into um, some other various stuff. I say, I know my, my video is wild on my Skype, so I'm like, I don't know who's doing what first. Well, um, Mimi, how, how about we have you go? My name's uh, Mimi Saltisic. Um, uh from Los Angeles, California, I'm the Socialist Party USA's uh, presidential candidate, and with Angela and Nicole Walker, we make up the party's ticket for the 2016 election, and uh, so excited to be on the show today. Thank, Thank you. you very much. And I'm Angela Walker. I am out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, and extremely proud and, and grateful to be on your show today, and here with Amy, who I think is one of the dopest people ever. All right. Now, see, you don't even have people who will say you are the dopest person ever in any political party. So right there, we know we're dealing with some <laughs> different and cool folks and um, all of that. 
Now, um, one of the big questions I want to ask y'all too is, um, for one, what made y'all decide to get politically involved in the first place, much less with the Socialist Party? Um, Do you want to go, me? Yeah. Sure. Um, I think for me, um, shit. Like I said, you know, as a kid, I, I was a, like a kind of a punk rock skateboard kid that got in a lot of trouble, and um, went from there to being a, a, a kid who played in a band for. Uh, shit, 15 years, still got in a lot of trouble, but I also, um, really got in, uh, developed some really nasty substance abuse problems that are really did it, took a toll on my health. And by my early 30s, I think I, I, to sort of use a cliche, I mean, I, I really hit rock bottom, you know, and, and, um, felt completely disconnected from, uh, any sense of community. Um, I didn't care really for anything. I certainly didn't care for myself. And um, also realized that I, I, I had essentially forgotten how to learn. Um, and as I was at this spot, sort of this rock bottom spot, and had I, I remember my doctor at UCLA telling me, um, you know, if you were a cat, you'd be on your ninth wife. And just really, it was almost a, it was sort of a crisis, like, what, what the hell am I going to do, you know? And um, so I just started to put, like, one little foot in front of the other and take little steps forward. And um, as I did, I started to learn a little bit. And I think perhaps most importantly is um, I started to learn how to listen again um, and to uh, focus on community and actually listen to what community was saying. And that meant, you know, um, my uh, neighbors, uh, uh, co-workers, um, fellow family members, things like that. Um and that, that was pretty painful. And, uh, because it had been so long since I think I had any kind of clarity, uh, or any sort of felt like I had any sort of connection. And, um, mm-hmm. I frequently found myself frustrated and confused. And oftentimes I'd end up in tears, you know. Um, but all along, you know, just kind of kept put one foot in front of the other and taking steps forward. And once I started to really listen and listen to community, and hear that pain, you know, um, it sort of led me into initially getting involved with uh, uh, sort of nonprofit kind of work, um, helping out uh, survivors of human trafficking, doing bicycle drives, things like that for children in South L.A. And frequently, you know, with the staff at a lot of these places, they don't they'd say sort of a variation of. It's like we're trying to cure cancer with a band-aid, you know? And I started to wonder about, you know, well, I've spent so much of my life, you know, uh, fucking myself up, you know, and that I felt like I, I, I really wanted to make the second half of my life count, you know, um, and be able to contribute something positive. Uh, so I just started to do a little bit of research into how, how can I, Attack, put, lend my efforts toward attacking the cancer, you know, the cause of the suffering, the oppression, the pain, you know, and uh, eventually um, that led me to, to socialism, you know, and um, here I am. All right. And how about yourself, Angela? How'd you get involved in socialist politics? Well, it was interesting. I ran for sheriff of Milwaukee County. And anyone who knows our sheriff, Sheriff Joe, Sheriff uh, David Clark, he's a he's a very special individual. Very um, he's like Fox News' go-to black dude when they want to bash black people. 
Yeah. Mm, I have seen that fellow in various clips and people cursing at him on Facebook. Yes. Oh, yes. I ran against that individual in 2014 as a socialist and pulled 21% of the vote as an unknown broke person from that incumbent. So he needs to watch his back next time. Um, And the Socialist Party, when Mimi was thinking about a run, he kind of floated the idea to me. And I was like, I am done with running for office. I am done with anything, like, whatever. I'm not trying to run for office. I'm not trying to be, you know, whatever. I'm happy to be wallpaper. I'm cool. I'm, I'm a pair of hands, a pair of eyes, feet, and a heart. Whatever y'all need me on the ground to do, I'm here for. Mm-hmm. And he, was, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I joined the party, and here I am. All right, so we definitely got some diverse and um, awesome background and everything going on um, with this. And, um, wow, congratulations for taking away that 21% from, um, I'm trying to think of a nice word to say about that dude, and I can't. So I will move on. (laughs) Exactly, I'm like, that dude is the nicest thing I can say right now that I can get to because I'm sure I can get to invent it one thing I wanted to say real quick is like when we were thinking about this idea about running a campaign and what a campaign might look like, um, the, the, the first person I thought of, you know, uh, who I felt really sort of grasped the idea and the approach, uh, like my list and thinking like, what is, I don't know, what's sort of like the home run here, you know, and who's somebody that I just like, had such admiration for and respect for, and Angela, for me, kept popping up. It's like, I, I couldn't think of somebody better or somebody who I'd love to work with more than Angela, because I had been following her, um, you know, when she ran in 2014 and was just instantly became such a fan and was just so inspired by her work, you know. Um, so I wasn't necessarily sure that, you know, how Angela might respond to this. And, um, you know, it just... Once I got to know her and got to talk to her, I can't tell you how thrilled I was to have this opportunity, you know, to work with someone who I feel so special, you know? No question, no question. And it's actually nice to hear people like, I actually like the person I'm running with, not like, I guess I have to, oh, yeah. to uh, <laughs> make a coalition or right. whatever, you know? Without question, you know? Now, Mimi's yeah, completely legit. And, and the folks that I've met in the party, are they're knowledgeable they know their stuff they, they cuss like marines everyone's approachable um people aren't using all this jargon that makes people afraid to talk to them about socialism mm-hmm. they're not running people away we it's it's a very approachable group of folk so i feel right up. no doubt and that actually segues right to my next question now people talk about any other form of government but our current one as being the most <laughs> evil devilish thing on the entire planet, you have people who will mix up what socialism is compared to totalitarianism, compared to communism, and all this other type of stuff. Now, let's start at the very foundation and beginnings of things, because we have folks like, let's say, uh, Bernie Sanders, who says he's a democratic socialist, which is kind of like, uh-huh, okay, that's an interesting description of things. But um, from y'all's own viewpoint, like, what is a socialist? What is socialism? Like, let's start that at the ground root, and then we can get into some other stuff. Um, so, well, I mean, socialism at its heart is simply and and really amazingly 
worker control of the means of production. If you work somewhere, you should own that that place that you work. You should be determining what gets produced, who it goes to, and everyone should be okay. That is the beating heart of socialism. And how people have a problem with that is something I have never <laughs> understood. But that's at its heart. And and things come out from that heart, you know, like like, you know, rays on the sun. We're talking about, you know, community control of police. You're talking about people who are, you know, access to food. All of the things that we need and talk about as far as human needs and, and as greater goods, all of those things are socialist. That's like a nice summary. And, you know, like Angela said, like, it's just such a wonderful and beautiful idea, you know, that we as, like, you know, the community that we have control over, you know, these institutions that so directly affect our life, you know. And when we look at capitalism, you know, which is inherently racist, sexist, imperialist, uh, and, uh, of course, terrible for, you know, as far as climate change goes, um, socialism is sort of an inverse, you know, it's like we attack that system, that capitalist system, and we can deal with those oppressions and that destruction and that brutality, you know, and this is all about like everything that Angela said about the people having control, you know, um, and taking it away from those folks who have made bank uh, exploiting, you know, and oppressing others. All right. No doubt. For those who, I guess, might not have the deepest understanding, I mean, this pretty much is almost like a union times 1,000, but on a governmental yeah. level. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with this as, um, like, straight-up policy, like, what are some ways that socialism could go ahead and change things with stuff? Like, let's say, like, what actions would be able to, well, folks would like partake in to change it. Like, let's say I wake up on November, I'm going to say like, oh, thank God it's not a Democrat or a Republican. It's y'all guys I interviewed. Hooray! Now we got to get to the step of implementing all this. Like, what's some of the stuff that people would do? Like, would people like try to get out of some of the crazy trade agreements like TPP, would minimum wage go up? Like, what's the stuff that you could tell people that, hey, here's what we're about with our platform as the Socialist Party USA? Morning. Go sure. in on our first hundred days, maybe. <laughs> sure. Okay, there's a I think, and, and I say this with a straight face that, like, you know, we believe that, you know, socialism is it's it's inherently democratic, right? And it's not something to be implemented from the top down. So part of this campaign is, you know, folks are so used to looking to candidates as being sort of the drivers. And I think what Angela and I and the campaign are saying is that. It's actually all of us, the people, you know, who are the drivers. And this idea of socialism is something that happens from the bottom up. It happens at the community level, you know. Um, you know, there are things, I think, in terms of policy that we would demand, like an end to those free trade agreements that are, you know, they're terrible for the workers here and they're terrible for workers all over the world, you know. That that stuff would be over, you know. Um, our imperialist role in the... In, um, the world that that'd be over. I mean, we immediately call uh, for a fifty percent reduction in arms in, in uh, military spending. Ultimately, to whittle down to ten percent, essentially tying the U.S.'s hands to be an imperialist power. It couldn't happen 
under a socialist government, you know. But I think what Angel and I are doing is um, these ideas, uh, they're rooted in democracy and community control. So Angel and I are conveying that message about, you know, you don't need to look to D.C., you don't need to look to candidates, we need to look to each other, right? So as folks respond to the campaign, what we do is we try to build relationships and organizing relationships, working relationships, make folks feel comfortable about taking that step forward, and if possible, you know, plug them into movement work wherever it might be, uh, you know, wherever they might be in the country. And also talking, like we talked a little bit before Mimi was able to get on, Mary, but just about the bigger idea that you don't have to pick this choice or this choice. You're not boxed in. If you decide which the people of this country have, that they want more spending towards infrastructure and the creation of green jobs, make that shit happen. And you determine where, you know, wherever it is you are, whether your region needs more public transportation, you need to repair bridges. You put the people you need pothole repair. We have so many people out of work who could be doing that work. That's a completely community-based decision maker. And it's totally doable. And it's totally realistic. It ain't pie in the sky somewhere. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And one of the things I definitely wanted to get into, which I think people do forget, and y'all brought up so perfectly, is that it is not a recognized trickle-down thing when it comes to politics at all, you know. Like, just not just in terms of, you know, feet on the ground, street action, but actually in terms of voting. I think a lot of people don't recognize that there, at least where I'm currently based in the state of Maryland, much less where I used to be in New Jersey, there's always third-party candidates. Mm-hmm. who are out there to run and um, do their thing and all of that. And um, I really like the fact that y'all brought up that, you know, hey, you know, we got to do our thing first before anything else happens, you know. It's not like you punch that stamp every four, six, two years, depending on how the cycle goes. You can sit back and chill. Now, Absolutely. one of the things I did want to get into with all of this is... um you bring up the fact that people got to do stuff on, you know, their various local levels and all of that. How do people get involved? Like, let's say with y'all's party. How do people get involved with the socialist party? They're like, hey, I did some research. I went on this website, which y'all's website is cool as hell, by the way, because I would have never thought I'd see a presidential candidate wearing a, um, see a head wrap, and y'all to see, you know, the public enemy shirt. It's just they're like, yeah, I want to see what y'all are about, even if I don't agree with anything y'all talk about. It is pretty freaking sweet. Which, by the way, guys, the site is um, rev16rev16.us and um, all of that. Um, like, how would somebody be there like, hey, I want to get involved with Social Far USA. I want to see what y'all are about. Just straight up and, you know, judge people and everything from there. Because we all can go on stuff and be like, hey, this website is cool. Y'all designer is great. I can read this stuff and be there like, hey, of course I'm down for overthrowing um racism, sexism, and all this other stuff, and I could do some extra reading and be like, hey, um, fuck up, TPP, NAFTA, and all that too, but how can I do something here, right now, where I live today? Um, I think one thing, like, Angela and I, uh, as candidates, you know, um, we make ourselves uh, almost instantly accessible to the people, so there's no sort of barrier or division, you know, between us and the people. I mean, we're 
Angel and I are, you know, we're, we're community members, we're neighbors, we're friends, we're family. Um, and I think with this campaign, it's almost like saying, well, we're all sort of the candidates, you know, Angela and I, you know, we, we might have our names on something, but we have uh, sort of turned this thing around and really tried to give voice to the people uh, who are out there on the streets doing the work. And it gives an opportunity for folks who might be interested or curious, as you sort of mentioned, to see what that looks like and to hear what that uh, sounds like, you know. Um, and we, we post stories of those community organizers, activists on our Facebook page, on our website. Uh, we have a column called Voices of the Revolution where folks will share their stories about what it's like doing that kind of work, you know. And it gives people an idea of what in their community it might look like, you know. Um, in addition, if somebody contacts us, if they send us a direct message to our Facebook page, if they send us an email, if they send Angela or I a personal message, um, we're responsive, you know. So there's contact information, you know, on the website, on the Facebook page, our Twitter, all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, I think we, it's important, I think, as, you know, these candidates, like, we treat people like we care about them, you know, like we, like we give a shit, like they're our friends, you know, and um, because they are, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is one of the other things I'm looking at with all of this. Um, because we don't really hear about third party candidates, period. How are y'all getting your word out about the? Well, I guess um, y'all being candidates in general, much less. Um, Socialist party because again people might just be there like oh my god socialism the boogeyman or not to be racist for some of my listeners before they get to a certain point like socialism some white people shit whatever <laughs> you know what what what's a socialist that's you know that's that's some European shit or some some hippies who sometimes are down around the corner and they handing me stuff and they're talking about hammer and sickle I'm like well how the fuck is that gonna help me like um you know how have people been responding like you know. You know, for people who might not know, have y'all been touring around talking to people on top of, you know, the social uh, media aspect of stuff? Like, how has that response been? We've been getting, and I think Mimi's been getting a lot more action than I have over there on the West Coast. But, yes, we have been getting invites to come and speak with people, and we, we go. And whether it's in a coffee house, whether it's in a college, whether it's in someone's house, whatever. You want us to show up, we'll show up and we will have a discussion. And it's a simple, it's just simple back and forth dialogue. It's not us showing up to talk down to people and tell them what they need and make all these promises. We don't do that because it's a bunch of bullshit. We come in and, and have the same type of, of community discussions that we're used to having, you know, in the work that we do. Word up. Yeah. I like that breakdown. We're just there like, oh, we're not here to bullshit you guys. We're just here to do some talk no. and keep it moving. Most people, again, look at politics and they're like, oh, this is a whole bunch of fancy bullshit. Here's a pretty, you know, nice group of people in, in these suits and ties and speaking some yin-yang. And it's just they're like, yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah. And Angela and I, I think, both sort of come from a place, like, with our, um, like, our, our sort of our perspective. You know, we drawing a lot of inspiration from, like, Fred Hampton, the Black Panther Party, uh, the Zapatistas in Mexico, Bell Hooks. You know, shit like that, you know, that's the sort of stuff that really has resonated with us, you know, um, and it, it just feels very human, you know, and 
focused on the people, you know. Um, and I think that message resonates with folks. No doubt, no doubt. Now, from my perspective, I'm sure a bunch of our listeners are like, hey, these folks actually sound like they have some sense. They're talking, they're being real about it, you know. They're not trying, you know, to kick a whole bunch of game and everything. Why don't I see these guys on MSNBC, CNN, all that? Why don't I see <laughs> these guys on a panel when I can look at some of these other jokes and be like, everybody on here is crazy, so I'm sure we can add in at least some extra people to talk to this. You might want to hear something different. Why don't we hear third-party candidates or independent candidates at large on these platforms? Like, I know with Angela, I'm like, well, shit, I didn't know you ran against that crazy dude who's the Fox News, you know, colored person on call or whatever <laughs> as a law enforcement cat, you know. <laughs> why can't we hear these opinions? I mean, just from um, y'all's experience whatever, why can't I just be able to be there like, yo, I'm going to hear, you know, the Socialist Party talking to these other folks like tomorrow on TV. Um, my particular viewpoint is a lot of it is a money thing and a lot of it is people being scared. Now, y'all are in the mix, you know. Y'all are in the muck, y'all are in the shit. Like, when y'all try to do this stuff, you know, how do people try to block? Well, I think that, uh, you know, there, to, to, to a large extent, it's it's a ver- it's a total silence, you know. That offer, that hand is not extended, and I think in large part because what Angela and I and what you know the Socialist Party and our campaign, what we're saying is that um, a lot of the folks, the moneyed interest, the folks who are controlling the media, you know, that that day is you know their days are numbered, you know, and their days of manipulating what you see and hear, um, it, it's. It, it's gonna end, you know. Um, so I could see from their position that they have um, uh, a real interest in making sure that this message doesn't get to the people. Because if that message does get to the people, they're fucked, you know. And I so it's it's not really surprising that they're gonna you know keep us you know sort of over here, um, you know now. Some have been reaching out. You know, we did an interview on NPR. Um, we did one recently with Vice, which I think is going to come out soon. And we do get, you know, some here and there. Uh, but it's not like we're going to be on MSNBC or CNN and that sort of shit. They don't want to be hearing this, and they certainly don't want the people hearing this. Yeah, I look at this, and there's definitely that side of me that's there, like, you know, it's a big money thing, partially but it's also a rating thing. And I look at fools like Trump, and I'm just like, really? Y'all are going to put <laughs> this, you know, rich-colored cracker fool on TV to say whatever he wants to say, talk all this crazy business, but there are people who actually have substance of any kind, you know, and we don't see, we don't see them at all. I'm like, nobody gets the chance to make their decision. I think the last time in this country we had like a relatively bigger presidential one was a dude who was literally a billionaire. And I think that was like Perot, right. and he was literally, you know, blocked out the system. Like, yeah, to buy infomercials, if I remember properly, to even ramble for a hot second. And I think one of the cool things about stuff right now is we have technology to be able to put out more ideas and stuff to people. Like, I can Skype with y'all right now. Y'all got the Facebook, y'all got the website, 
and all this cool stuff that people can reach out to you just be there like, just a basic, hey, what the heck is socialism? What is this? Holy crap, y'all actually get along. It's not just somebody pulling out an Excel spreadsheet going, I need to have one of this kind of man and one of this kind of woman try to pound it out and make everything, you know, go on ahead and um, seem cool. Yeah. Now, with um, your campaign in general, like, how can people, you know, monetarily support your campaign? Because Let's be honest, we're still in a capitalistic society. That's still how things roll and all that. And you need to have money at the very least to keep these websites up and to do this other stuff. Not just for now, but for um, the future. Like, are there links to the website to do that or other places that people can go? Or somebody just hits up Facebook and they're like, hey, y'all, I got some money. <laughs> where where can they make that happen? Join me. If there's um, uh, we have a crowdsourcing page. You mentioned technology. Mm-hmm. A lot of the way that we approach uh, what we're doing uh, is sort of a guerrilla approach. You know, we do use technology. You know, Skype, uh, uh, video conferences to connect people. You know, um, we do use social media to get the messaging out, um, and uh, we do use crowdsourcing uh, so that folks can donate online. So if you go onto the website. At the top, you'll see a little link to the, the crowdsourcing page, you know. Um, and uh, But by and large, because Angela and I, this is not for us, this is not about votes. It's not about ballot access. And really, what's so important here, it's not necessarily, it's not election day. It's what happens before and after election day, you know. So our need for money um, it, it's not quite the same as it might be for sort of a traditional campaign where they want ballot access, they want votes, they want to lead you. It's a different story when you're talking about the people leading themselves. Yeah. A political party that actually cares about you, not just on election day. That sounds pretty sweet to me. <laughs> or whatever. Because looking at some of these folks right now, I'm like, y'all even want my vote today. <laughs> Like, you can, like, watch some of these news stories and check out other stuff, you know, for better or for worse, because we are in a 24-hour news site. You're just there like, really? You just said that? You can't lie about saying it, because I can click on this site that has this nice little video in there. And see, you say something crazy over and on, like, but you want my vote, though. You want my vote as an American or as a black woman or as a whatever else. We're making this because you ate a booger on national TV. I mean, really? You yeah. want us to take you seriously? That that, that made the news around the world. It was humiliating. Yeah, and it just reinforced like uh, myself and my own partner's goal with everything because I watch some of this stuff at times. Like I'm at the point right now that like, all the clips will be up in the next few hours or two. I'm going to watch Steven Universe or something because I can't take it anymore. I really... Really can't. Since I mean, you look at some of this stuff, and it's just they're like, oh, so you just disenfranchise half the people who may actually want to vote because they're looking at the other side, like everybody's a nut job, and it's it's just wild, depressing <laughs> looking at some of the type of stuff sometimes. So to talk to some folks from political party who are actually being very real about where they are, where they stand, and all of that, and wanting to help out people today, much less in the future. Is definitely a cool thing. Even if I knew nothing about social, I'd be like, "Oh, these are some 
actual cool and honest people. Let me see what it's about and um, all of that cool stuff. Thank you. And, you know, I think for, like, Angela and I, it's like, it's so important to us just to be honest and upfront about who we are, you know? Um, you don't see us like, oh, shit, like, damn, we can't afford the haircuts and the, the, the you know, the clothes and shit like that. Like, we don't need to be trying to fool folks about, you know, what and who we are. And I, I don't think either of us would be comfortable, you know, even attempting to do that. Like, for us, it's just, like, let's just be honest, you know, and, um, again, like, approach people like we give a shit about them, you know? No doubt, no doubt. And, you know, it's just a shame to look at this type of thing and be there like, wow, there's just so many people being overlooked at large instead of just being a resource for a ballot hit and a vote. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, all of that cool stuff. Now, we touched base briefly on a few parts of um, the Socialist Party um, USA platform, and there's a really nice breakdown on um, y'all's website about that. Can we get a little bit, especially because I am a media person, I've been doing independent media literally about um, half of my life and all of that, can we get into the aspect of like how the Socialist Party looks at um, media and stuff like intellectual property and all of that, because... I'm sure some people, some of our listeners know a lot of our corporate media the way that we could have got um, consolidated back in the um, late 90s. So you have a lot of people who push out the same thing and, you know, you hear the same thing all the time. Even if something basic like I'm listening to the radio, it's like, damn, I hear the same 10 songs by the same 10 dudes at the same damn time, <laughs> you know, all of that. Like, what would the Socialist Party in itself go ahead and do to change up the game with media at large? I think it's like this all, again, sort of boils down to that community control. You know, so when we listen to the radio, like you said, we're hearing the same 10 songs, you know. There's a reason why we're hearing those same 10 songs, you know. Um, that might not necessarily be what the people want to hear, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's gonna, it's making somebody money, you know, and it's not reflective of the community versus actually having community, community control of institutions like the media that's actually reflective of what the community looks like, what it sounds like, you know, um, so it sort of takes that model and flips it up, you know, on its head. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> Also, and something that we really should get... Oh, sorry. I know that um, we're having a little bit of technical difficulty um, on Angela's. Do you hear us? Probably. Angela, can you hear us? You sound yeah, a little choppy. Okay. okay, okay. Okay, I just want to make sure that people were there because I'm seeing that little spinny thing via my Skype, and I'm like, oh, God, I hope we didn't lose you. Mm -hmm. Or whatever. Yeah, for people listening, Skype, it has its fun issues and stuff at times, so it's all good. Now, one thing I definitely want to get into is how the Socialist um, Party looks at our legal system and justice system. Since anybody who has eyes at all who does not want to be like purposely blind to the world knows that we have been having some serious issues with um, the justice system here in the States, especially in regards to the disenfranchised and marginalized communities 
and what have you, whether it's via economics, um, race, or um, your sexual identification. And we know that not just on the police level, but also in the judicial level, stuff is just really jacked up. I think some folks know from us mentioning it a few weeks ago on the show that Louisiana might not have public defenders anymore because their budget is just no nice way of me saying it every single kind of way are fucked up. And if you're just there like, well, legally, I'm supposed to get this. They're like, no, nah, you're not going to get that. You know? Like, um, what would be some of the changes the Socialist Party would do in regards to um, helping revamp our system, if not maybe destroying it and building it back from the ground up? Destroy Because first off, this, this system is not about justice. It's about capitalist gain. It's about making sure that certain groups of people have no mobility and keep the system running. And it's wrong and it's corrupt and it's inherently corrupt and it needs to be destroyed. And so when we're talking about community control of policing, that's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about restorative justice. We're talking about, you know, if we weren't locking people up for nonviolent marijuana offenses, what could we be doing with the money that's being spent in that way? You know, what what could we be doing with those resources? What could we do to rehab communities if we weren't investing in a system that hurts people? And so, you know, one of the things that we're able to do with the party is we're, we're very real about, you know, we have no interest in a capitalist, you know, the way that this system is run under capitalism. It, it is designed to exploit. It is designed to dehumanize. And it needs to be destroyed. And, and, you know, as a collective whole, we decide how that gets, re- how it gets built. I don't want to say rebuilt because you're not going to build the same thing, but it needs to function completely differently. We need to really have a discussion about what crime is because, you know, you shouldn't be getting 30 years for, you know, a pound of wheat. That's stupid. You shouldn't be getting, you know, eight chunks of your life lost because you have an addiction. You shouldn't be, be, you know, taken away from your family and your community because you stole something because you were poor. So we need to, first off, have a discussion about exactly what crime is and then deciding what, you know, sort of need to be made in, in certain situations, what sort of safeguards for the community they need to be, because let's be honest, there are people that do really, really heinous shit mm-hmm. and should not be around, be circulating around other people. So, but that wouldn't be some top-down people who never dealt with the population that they're incarcerating or been a part of that. Mm-hmm. It would be, you know, a collective whole working on that, this, this lateral thing, not this top-down thing that we're getting Okay. Okay. And would this also include like um, eliminating the aspect of what is a private prison? Because private prison, the content that scares the hell out of me. Yes. Yes. No private prison. That 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 in itself is an obscenity. Because just the basic aspect of it works. They're like, so you don't make money until there are bodies in the prison, right? Maybe that's why you're against. Yeah, you know, like maybe that's why you're against people getting rehab. Like, right. like you know, not the smartest thing, but just that was my train of thought. So, oh, no, you're welcome to that. 
you know, like, you know, like, you know, like no illusion about what the legal system is. This is a pay to play scheme. You know, these laws are written to, to, you know, protect, you know, generally like white property rights, you know? And it's like, well, if you can't play that game, you know, you're going to jail, you know? And like, uh, so the, I, the, I think the concept of the legal system, uh, you know, for so many folks, it's an, um, it's a scam, you know? Uh, and as Angela mentioned, so much of all this is it's designed to make money. Somebody's going to make money, you know. You violate property rights. You have a certain, you know, you're in a certain economic situation. This is all about making money for some folks, you know. And it's bullshit. All right, you will never hear that be said by anybody on TV right now. So this is why we do stuff like this. That's why we can't get on there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much they're like, screw that. That's why you are not getting on these stations. So there you go. And um one more big thing I want to try to ask about and concentrate on because these are just I think natural issues that everybody is concerned about and thinks about. And that is the aspect of healthcare because that's been a big thing. Um in our news cycle and for very good reason. Now, we hear all types of terms being bandied about, like, you know, single payer and this, that, and the third. And honestly, most people are still like, yo, can I go to the doctor and I pay $300 for somebody to say you got a cold and walk out? Most of you have something that's unfortunately more serious. Um, Myself being in my mid-30s, I've unfortunately had family members get sick or pass away of all types of ailments and all of that. And um, even with some of my relatives who do have in the current system, what would be termed as good health care, you'll sometimes get these crazy bills afterwards where it's like, well, only this much got um, taken out and subsidized, and right. what have you. And when people look at health care in other countries and all of that, they hear that, well, socialism is a part of health care and taking care of people. I don't think that people have a big grasp in terms of what that is and how that would work. I mean, people could be there like, oh, I can go, if I live in Canada, I might have a lot of my stuff taken care of. If I was in a certain part of Europe, I have lots of my stuff taken care of. But, like, how that would be possibly, I guess, taken out in a relatively socialist system because, as I'm sure y'all have known and seen, the second people say universal health care, somehow that became, like, the evil boogeyman in the closet. Which is the most bizarre thing on the planet to me because I surely would like to be able to be like even if I'm not employed, be able to be sick and not go into bankruptcy or have issues and stuff. Now, because y'all are literally the Socialist Party of the USA, <laughs> I like to ask y'all with healthcare, like, what from y'all's viewpoint is the best way to? change a system that we currently have, which is for a lot of people, they're working for somebody, they either having to pay stuff directly out of their pocket or getting it um, taken out of their paychecks or whatever have you. Like, what would be the best way to get into a truly great, um, from y'all viewpoint, um, socialist healthcare system in this particular country? Because I think we got a lot of interesting um, nuances other countries don't in that regard. I think we see healthcare as a human right, you know, uh, the idea that folks profit off of other folks, uh, you know, illness and that sort of thing. That's freaking disgusting, you know. Um, healthcare is a fundamental human right. Uh, and we can actually 
finance a universal or socialized medical program. Uh, this is just a matter of priority. You know, we have uh, by far the world's largest military budget. You know, that money could finance healthcare and education for everyone. You know, um, and it, again, this is just a matter of priority. Uh, is is are our rights important? You know, well, as it stands right now, uh, no, they're not important as far as you know. Uh, the, the capitalist system is concerned. Our, our rights, you know, um, they're not important. In a social, in a, in a socialist system, again, it's sort of the inverse. Our fundamental rights, they take priority. So our healthcare, our education, you know, our basic needs, um, they're sort of top of the list, you know? And I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. You, you know, you take someone like my mother who has cancer. And the fact that my mom had no insurance when she was diagnosed, had gone a year eating Excedrin and Tylenol when what she was treating the pain of was a tumor and had no idea because she she didn't have insurance and was intimidated about going to the emergency room. When she finally broke down and went because she couldn't lift her arm, they sent her home with more ibuprofen. She went back and they found lesions on her arm and in her bones saying, how are you even existing? My mother has multiple myeloma. And so just the thought that on top of all of this, that you have people who are afraid to get treatment early for things, you know, before it gets catastrophic because they don't have insurance. And then once they need care are intimidated or, or being talked down to because they have state health insurance. No, I want those barriers gone. I want everyone to have, and it just makes sense. Everyone in this country, whether you are a resident or not, if you live here, you should have access to the same quality medical care that we are currently paying for, but even politicians, the same quality of care, and it shouldn't cost you a damn cent. No doubt, and... I can unfortunately identify with having family who have been affected by cancer and other things. And um, also on a side note um, with this, and it's one of the things that I feel is very criminal that neither party at the moment is addressing is um, veterans hmm. and um, their state of health care. I personally and some of our listeners have known this they've listened to us for a long time. I have an uncle who um, is now dealing with cancer that he had to go through a lot of stuff to get his basic VA benefits back from um, Vietnam, and I know various folks with um, who have served in Afghanistan and other places in terms of recent wars who are going through a lot of stuff in terms of not just physical health care, but mental yeah. um, health care issues and things as well, which is getting the short shift. We're getting more attention to people and their mental health, but it's getting short shift on a big, massive level at large. So when I want to talk about health care, I definitely want to get into those particular aspects as well, because let's face it, it is a scary thing when you start really thinking about it and you start looking at your own bills, your relatives' bills. If you don't have, a, even if you do have health care, you'll look at a bill and be like, "Damn, it costs how much to get what done?" Yeah. Like I walked in, it's about it's about a hundred something dollars. I got a blood test; it costs this much, you know. And when you see that alone, it's maddening. And then when you see um, various places that try to provide health care, whether it's um, generalized clinics to the 
boogeyman of the world with his Planned Parenthood as a state, oh. it's a high concern. And I think regardless of your political party or affiliation, you gotta be there like something is wrong with our health system. So I definitely wanted to ask um, you guys about that because I think when you attach again socialism to certain people, like it's the boogeyman, it's like how is general healthcare period, regardless of whatever party you affiliate with, a boogeyman. You should want to be well until you transition and whatever. You should want to be there like, well, I don't got enough money. Yes, I'm asked out, you know, or I got to do other stuff. So um, definitely, um, thank y'all for bringing that up. And uh, that aspect. And one more last thing on this um, policy breakdown, and then we'll just get to a few quick things and um, do the wrap-up, because I'm like, y'all need to go to this site and check out all these wonderful bullet points on the site, because they are on there, and what have you. Um, education. <laughs> um, education is a very interesting thing in terms of our public system here in the state, especially for our international folks who don't necessarily know how we rock and roll with stuff. We have a lot of various controversies going on in regards to public school versus charter school, um, in regards to who should get a above high school education, how said education should be funded, the aspects of um, child care and all um, other types of stuff. And knowing some folks up in New Jersey, shout out to the folks out of New Jersey City United and all of that, there's definitely a big thing where students are more aware that and things are jacked up if you are in a um, county or city that doesn't necessarily have a certain amount of money mm-hmm. and all that, whether it's the conditions of the buildings to who is teaching you what in the school in um, regard to subjects and stuff and more. And, of course, the big other boogeyman of things that have laid, which is, to me, the weirdest thing in the world, is the aspect of teachers and teachers' unions and what a teacher should be paid. What is the Socialist Party's stance, I guess in general, in regards to improving our U.S. education system? Because it shouldn't be like like where I am right now. I live in um, a pretty decent county in Maryland, but it still had it um, this issue. Shout out to PG County. Like, if I'm here, I will have a decent education, but if I get into town to the gifted or something like that, it's going to be better. But if I go 30 miles down the road to a part of Virginia that's more affluent, they're going to have everything in the world available to them. And I might hopefully, as a young student, you know, have a PC that might only be seven to ten years old. You know, like what is the Socialist Party's stance in terms of just improving our education system, all this at large? I know this sounds kind of rambly, but um, I just want to touch base on as many things as possible in that regard. And so yeah. do you want to take this? I know you've done your work in education. Oh, okay jumping out my chair it's actually the work that i i've done is around public education and defending public education and and we believe in community control of our schools our school districts our schools should be run by educators community members local politicians and students not some top-down administration that is intent on selling our schools and our kids to the highest bidder because here in Milwaukee, that's a fight that's very close to us as to, you know, stopping the privatization of our public school. It's huge here. And, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. If you have young people who are affected by poverty, they can't learn when they come in the door. That is not something that you beat teachers over the head with. You find the support that needs to be in the school that 
integrate that school into the community that it serves. And the idea of public community schools is a no-brainer. It's been done before. It's being done around the country. And, and you know, people, the, the first thing they bring up is funding. If you aren't paying for a bloated military budget, you could reinvest in this idea of public community schools. And these are run by the people who live in these communities, who have a say in what that curriculum looks like, who have a say in who's teaching those young people and what they're learning and what resources are in that, in that school. If that school needs a health clinic, then it will have a health clinic. That school needs a food pantry, then there will be a food pantry in that school. They need a community garden, then the community garden is in that school. This is something that, that is on the ground being done. It needs to be expanded. Funding is not astronomical at all. We have the figures for that, at least for Wisconsin and around the country. And it just makes sense. Keep public schools public. They are not, our kids are not widgets to be moved around as pawns on somebody's chessboard. They are young people investing in their education from K-12 through graduate school. It should be free. You should not have to pay for if you want to go to Votech, you should not have to pay for it. If you want to go, go to a traditional university, you want to go to some offbeat university, you can do basket weaving, whatever the fuck. You should not have to pay for that because investing in public education is an investment in the people of this country. And it just makes sense. Well, no doubt. Broke it down hard. That's what's up. Yes. That's what you ask for. That's what you do. I, I like asking a direct question. And one thing I wanted to like just touch base on briefly from what you just said was you talked about student representation. Since um again, I know um people who work for um, various organizations that have been involved with getting students to represent within their various school boards and school systems. Now, mm-hmm. this was something I myself can be honest and say until I knew some people directly working with that. I had no idea that. That was particularly an issue, even though it makes all the sense in the world. Who can let you know what's going on on the ground more um, than the students right. and um, all of that? Now, with um, students representing on school boards and all of that, from your opinion, why is there such a huge pushback on that? Do you think it's just because they're going to just literally tell it like it is, like, yo, my, my classroom is mad tore up right now and, and this is terrible? Um, do you think it's because, you know, stuff like that, or stuff like because a, a younger person's mind is still more open to other ideas? And do you think they're going to be kind of worried that, you know, that young student's going to become an adult who's going to be the same way? Since when I've seen stuff um, from Newark to parts of D.C., and I'm reading up more on it with other stuff, there is kind of a lot of anger, it feels to me, from, um, some of these um, various folks in terms of how dare these students tell me what to do <laughs> with my job and um, all of that. And um, it's kind of mind-blowing um, seeing this happen. Like, it makes me happy that students are becoming more aware of other ways of doing things. But at the same token, it's kind of depressing to see some of the people who should be helping them, right. kind of pushing them back. And I'm shoving them back and what have you. And this is on both a public level and on a charter school level. Right. I see. And I know the charter school thing is a whole other um, interesting bag of worms, to say the least. 
in terms of who gets paid for what and all of that in the curriculum that are pushing all of that. Now, let me ask this. Are y'all anti-charter school? Yes. <laughs> okay. I want to get that clear and um, out of the way. We have a, there's this, like, on our platform, you'll see, like, a, a full section that's devoted to this. And also, just to touch on something that, you know, that you had said just a moment ago, generally, I think when, you, when you're going to see people's representation, you are going to see pushback from folks who uh, are going to profit off of, you know, keeping the people quiet, you know, and whether it's in our workplaces, our schools, our healthcare system, uh, you know, you are going to see pushback. Uh, but I think something that's very important to us is that message that the people have so much power, you know, and when the people unite around an idea, when people take that step forward, things happen, you know, um, and w no matter where it is. And one other thing, those questions of financing, as Angela had mentioned, the bloated military budget, we also have a regressive uh, tax code, meaning that, you know, the less you earn, the heavier the tax burden is. So, and that's a fact, you know, and you'll see a lot of the, you know, the elites sort of saying, uh, well, who's going to pay for this? How are we going to finance this? Why don't we talk about you paying your fair share of taxes, you know, instead of the folks who make less money um, being, uh, uh, you know, burdened with a heavier tax burden, let's talk about you paying your fair share. Let's talk about capital gains tax. Let's talk about closing tax loopholes. Let's talk about you offshoring, you know, your taxable income. I mean, there are answers to all this stuff. They just might be inconvenient for the folks who are exploiting and profiting off the backs of the people. No doubt, no doubt. That's a nice summation about what I was going to do to the economic breakdown. So, awesome. Y'all are on it, which is why y'all are running for president. I wish other interviews were so much more easy <laughs> like this. Nice and, um, and this is fun for us too. Like we were so excited when this came in uh, mm -hmm. to, you know, to be able to, that, that you reached out. This was really exciting for us. Well, definitely thank y'all for responding and stuff. So this is one of those things. I'm just like, people just need to hear other stuff. You can agree, you can disagree, but you're going to be able to hear something. Just to know what else is going on and all of that. And um, this is like a last summation type of question. Of course from my particular understanding, because of everything we've been talking about in general, much less my basic reading, socialism is for all, and all of that. So there's a big human rights element and um, platform to things. Now, I don't want to be dumb, simplistic, or whatever, but it's pretty much a like, with the description, it's pretty much be like, hey, I respect you, you respect me, we ain't gonna give nobody no problems, regardless of your race, sex, economic status, etc with um, the Socialist Party, since I think our mainstream parties almost look at the divisions of people, or I don't even say division, like what makes people different as something to divide folks by, or to compartmentalize them, you know? Like, we've seen a lot of stuff within the past few years in terms of nicely coded language in terms of people of color, um, <laughs> lots of People seem very upset about the equal definition of what a marriage is in a secular country and whatnot in terms of folks under the, under the LGBTQ definitions. Um, people actually taking away funding for folks with disabilities, mm -hmm. which to me is like bananas and all of that. Like, 
I think one of the things a lot of people want to look at in terms of a political party is how are y'all going to respect us as basic human beings? Like, can I be able to look at your party in terms of working for basic equality in terms of my day-to-day life? Like, if I go to get a job at a 9-to-5, they're not going to be there like, oh, black person, red alert, you know, we, we can't have y'all there, you know. Oh, my God, that person doesn't identify as um, size, gender, whatever. Let me push them to the side. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Oh, my God. Mental health issue that's not harmful, but it's another check for me to, you know, write you off or whatever. Um, I guess basically with all of this, and I think it's just a good summation in general, with the Socialist Party, how can one get to that, well, at least closer? How can people get closer to that world where they're like, I'm just respected for being me? I'm not causing nobody no harm being crazy. I get to be respected for being me, and my difference is not a detriment. The vice presidential candidate for this party is black, working class, asexual, a grandparent, heavily tattooed, a former stripper, or someone who knows what it means to have your lights turned off. So if that's not intersectional as fuck, I don't know what is. And our approach as a party is we are not about respecting for people on a class level. We understand that there is able, there are, there are able issues that people are fighting. There are racist issues people are fighting. Those oppressions don't take a backseat. You don't splinter who you are as a person and say, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to be oppressed because I'm a woman, and then tomorrow, the day after, I'll be oppressed because I have a disability. All of those things walk in the door with you at the same time and make you a whole person. And one thing that I respect this party for is the, it's the only one that I know of that deals with people as whole people and respects those differences, as you said, Mary, that our differences are not weaknesses at all. Everything that you bring, every every bit of your lived experience that comes into this is a strength, and it adds to our strength collectively. We don't need this whole rhetoric of I don't see color or I don't see gender. No, I see it. I acknowledge it, I respect it, and we all build together. I'm not religious. There's people in this work who, who are, and that is not something that, that's a barrier between, you know, a barrier between us and keeping us from working together. You come in with all of those things that make you you and bring your ideas and your lived experience, and it is all welcome in our party and in our work. All right, no doubt. And by the way, y'all should make shirts that say intersectional as fuck for the Socialist Party USA, because I think you would have a <laughs> bunch of people be there like, yo, I don't know what the Socialist Party is, but that's a cool ass, um, slogan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, what happened? Yeah, and, and you know, Mary, I think I see so many people, like so many candidates, like, you know, they take these incrementalist approaches to, uh, equality, you know, like, well, we gotta get there, and we gotta take a step to get there, and for us, it's like, you know, oh, fuck that, like, you're saying that you're comfortable in the here and now with, you know, all these communities who are oppressed. And we're going to take these little steps in this direction uh, that, that may help. But when the political winds change, those reforms, they're going to go back the other way. And, you know, to us, it's like, no, that's unacceptable, you know, and get out of here with that shit, you know. So this is about equality now, you know, not a reform so that it gets a little bit better. It's about full equality now. Right, and there you go. And I think that is the perfect um, 
close and to break down everything um, with this and what we are hoping, with we getting a few more responses from other folks, is um, more of our um, in-depth political segment during this particular election year. So you can just hear different people and where they stand and where stuff is going on, all that on a basic foundational level that you 99.9% of the time are not going to hear anyplace else, you know, since we know there are some people in the major media parts that aren't bad people and might actually be cool people, but that is the minority. It is not the majority. And the best information that you tend to get on a lot of things in general as of late, especially right now, is um, via independent media outlets. So we just want to go ahead and um, play our part during this time. And um, we hope that some folks definitely check out um, the Socialist Party USA and um, all the other folks are going to expose. Like, find out about what else is going on. Check out, you know, other parties, other systems of thought, um, other ways of working. And, of course, this is not just about this presidential election. It's about a lot of things. You can look at it in terms of lots of other elections because ultimately what you do on the ground where you live is going to be what makes a difference. You know, don't be there like, I just got to do that that top um, ballot check in November and then walk away. Um, Look at everybody who's running in your state and government since I know even where I live, we actually have some Green Party folks, much less other people. Who look at them. Like one of that value just there, like, who are these people? You want to know who these people are, because one of the ways you're going to affect some change, besides your feet on the ground, is in that ballot box. Sometimes you got to scare people that were like, holy shit, they know more about the, these two people, <laughs> you know? Right. Let's, let's go on ahead and um, get that together. And um, yeah, like, uh, definitely check um, all these folks out. And they gave us, as you heard, a great and lively interview. You're not going to hear statements like intersectional as fuck anyplace else from um, a political candidate. You're not going to hear people talk about that certain stuff is really shitty and it needs to improve, but from other folks and um, places. And when you get on the um, rev16.us site, um, again, rev16.us site, there are some really detailed um, breakdowns about um, various news articles, the um, Socialist Party USA's full platform. So if you want to look at that bullet point list, it'd be like, okay, I want details. I don't necessarily want to. I'm excited, but I don't want to think it's just pie in the sky. You can check that joint out. You got cool merchandise, which, you know, you got the buttons. You got folks, you know, doing the fist in the air on the shirt, which is vegan made, by the way. Not a made in China like Trump stuff. <laughs> and um, what have you. Um, ways to contribute and a um, way to contact and of course all the um, various social media links if y'all want to hit folks up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. etc. And um, definitely hit people up. Like I think people kind of forget that politics ultimately is the thing you had to be active in. You cannot be passive. So you got a question? There's a big old contact us button on that site and all that people can hit up. And again, if nothing else, when I was looking up stuff, I was there like, yo, there's a system for head wrap and a dude wearing a public enemy shirt talking about I'm running for president. That's awesome. How can I not look at this and see what's up? <laughs> Thank you. You know, so. Thank you. You know, y'all going ahead and I'll definitely do that. We're going to have all of these um links up with the website and social via our show notes when we um, post up this podcast. Within um, the next day or two, so y'all can do your own in depth. So you just feel like I'm forgetting all of this stuff y'all are talking about mm-hmm. right now. 
And um, I definitely had to thank Mimi and Angela for being a wonderful interview and just being ready to go. Thank you so much. So, thank you so much. So yeah. everybody, they, they set the standard, okay? I don't want people to be all stiff and just reading off of a list and all of that. I want people to just let folks know what's up. Like, why, not just the platforms that you represent, but why you're passionate about it. I think sometimes in politics, you don't really see why somebody's passionate about it unless they're a nut job, you know? And y'all, y'all don't seem like nut jobs. Y'all seem like <laughs> straight up people who've been through what regular people go through. You go through your ups, you go through your downs, and you go through in between stuff. And I think with our current political climate, some people are like, why are you getting into politics? Because I want money. Mm-hmm. No, we want to know why you got into that. Even if I'm just there like you're crazy as hell, at least have some passion towards it. Or whatever. So, um, again, definitely, um, thank y'all for all the stuff and, um, thank you. And um, with these pages, let me ask a quick question. Is it um one of you two that handles um the social media or the other stuff? Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. So you're gonna you're gonna literally hear from the presidential candidate yes. when you reach out. So I just wanna let people know that it's not gonna be the intern that's gonna cut and paste some stuff like here's how it goes or whatever. Yeah. And as y'all heard from this interview, <laughs> people are very upfront, very real. So um definitely um Pick things up, and um, again, I'm telling y'all, y'all need to have some intersectional as fuck t-shirts during this election uh-huh. afterwards. Hell yeah! I will actually buy one and be there. Like people be there, like what the socialist? And I'm like, you can check it out because they made a shirt. They, they made a shirt that said intersectional as fuck, but I have not seen that anywhere. Yeah, I think right. <laughs> and um, people can go from there. I think that'd be one of the biggest recruiting tools. Ever. He's like, what does that mean? Holy crap. Yeah. We got the ball to say that. <laughs> and um, one last question. Um, are there any places that um, y'all currently have um, books that you're going to be visiting that people can see y'all live? Because I see y'all through this wonderful Skype camera and everything. Yeah. But um, what are y'all um, next, um, I guess, um, places people can see people talking? I'm kicking with y'all. Well, it's actually funny. I think right now, as we speak, one of the members of our campaign is. Uh, uh, representing the campaign at an event in uh, Connecticut. Uh, in a few weeks, uh, we have an event in Denver, Colorado. Um, and then what uh, Angela and I in the campaign really make an effort to do, like she had mentioned, anywhere you know, folks want to speak to us uh, or have an event with us, we'll do whatever we can do to get there. And there's a bunch of spots throughout the country that we're currently um, you know, talking to to arrange visits. We've hit a bunch of places already. Um, but what we also try to do is realizing that so many people who live in areas where they might be outside of where a future visit goes, what we've been doing is having like video town halls okay. so that folks who might be in remote areas or, you know, really rural areas or something and might not be able to see us in person so that they can participate and we can all get FaceTime together. We had one a couple of weeks ago that was really well attended and we're actually having one. Um, uh, at the end of this month, and we're going to focus mm-hmm. on the, the question of work. And okay. anybody um, can attend and join us. Yeah. All right, so you got the video town halls and the stuff online, so there's really no excuse that people can't find y'all and see what people are about and how people, you know, talk and um, kick it and all of that. Definitely. And, um, just on a, on a side note, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing these other places. I'm sure the East Coast, more of the East Coast would like to see y'all too, besides Connecticut. So 
all y'all places that want to see what's going on in Socialist Party USA and their presidential um, ticket, hit people up. Yeah, we will. We have been to Philadelphia and Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, but before this is through, uh, absolutely, we, 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 we'll, we'll definitely get over there. All right, and on the last side note with third-party um, candidates, I think a lot of folks don't know, if you get a certain amount of votes, you can actually get the, your funding matched. And I think one of the things that people tend to figure when they see all these folks with just getting these big checks from billionaires and these big crazy companies and all that, like if you want to see people on a level and they really, really can't ignore and avoid people, if you have a passion to vote for a third party, don't be scared. Vote. Because ultimately your vote is your voice. If somebody else can't convince you from the Democratic or Republican side to vote for them, well, them to breaks. You're not supposed to lose by 5% or less. You know, you're supposed to win people over or not win them over. And with folk like um, Social Party USA and some other people going to get down the line, we all need money. Like, yes, the people have power and people will do what they can, but when somebody's like, wait a second, damn, that's 5% of the entire country that we lost, and now we got to give these cats money anytime they raise money. That's a big thing, because while capitalism is a special thing, to say the least, this is my personal opinion, um, money talks in the United States. So, mm-hmm. if you're looking at things, you're just there like, yo, Social Party USA is awesome, I want to get as many people as possible to do that, and at the end of November, you're just there like, wow, they got their 5% or above, that's going to get people more attention, that's going to get more folks in the mix, and ultimately, if you remotely believe in the basic concept of democracy, it's supposed to be more than two political parties represented. Other countries that might have just got into the mix maybe 20 plus years ago will have more than two political parties. They have proportional representation, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, And again, I think we really stress that message of what this campaign is all about, what happens before and after Election Day, that Mm -hmm. movement work, that's really what this focus is all about, you know? And what can we what we can do to help empower folks, you know, facilitate relationships, and uh, uh, you know, so it's it's sort of turning this on its head. No doubt, and I know if nothing else, everybody wants some change because we know things are not working the way they should yes. right now here in the state. So do your work on your local levels, your city, your town, your county, your state, and above, and. Y'all heard some um, really interesting people that we just interviewed right now. And if Angela ever decides to run for sheriff again, y'all need to vote that other dude. This is my personal opinion. A nut, I need to stop seeing him on Fox News. <laughs> because it doesn't make my blood pressure boil when I'm just checking little news clips. Yeah. You know, we see the vote make some difference in places. We just saw, you know, some attorney, um, Generals get kicked out. Yeah. And various places. Yeah. Because of foolishness. So, while the vote might not seem to be the most all-powerful thing in the world, and it's not, it still has a power. And there's a reason why people try to take away your voice to vote. There's a reason why every election cycle, somebody tries to be slick about things, whether it's by a gerrymandering, or all of a sudden, everybody needs to have this particular kind of ID, and yada, yada, yada. So... Socialist Party USA, if y'all are feeling this and y'all are down, you check out these websites, you just they're like, this is the best thing on the planet. 
be about it. Be active. And um, be active on that ballot box and be active um, in your streets and your community every single day. So, yeah, mm-hmm. guys. Um, Again, thank y'all very much. And um, Thank you so much. No problem. Really appreciate it. No problem. We're going to get the word out there more to everybody. And, of course, this is the Fusebox Radio broadcast, bringing the balance back to black radio since 1998 in the mix of a Dope mixture of music, talk, interviews, and more. So we're going to get into some more stuff and um, definitely check out this show and all of our other archive shows via our official website, FuseboxRadio.com or FuseboxRadioOnline.com. Our official blog site, BlackRadioIsBack.com. And all of your favorite podcast apps and services, of choice that is iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Search, Player FM, Podcast Addict, and plenty more. So... Check out this show. Check out others if you like it. Of course, always give it a rating. Definitely spread it around. Y'all will be seeing it on our social network soon. And um, that is about it. So thanks to everybody. And um, we're going to rock it out. And everybody have a good listening experience. And good night and day or wherever you are in your part of the world. Take care. You can listen to the Fusebox radio broadcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Attic, and your other favorite podcast players. Check out the Fusebox radio's official website for our latest episodes, events, and more at FuseboxRadioOnline.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show, Twitter at Twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, and Instagram at Instagram.com slash Fusebox Radio. Feel free to contact us at FuseboxRadio at gmail.com to submit music for airplay consideration, 